This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 20th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. As pressure ramps up on the president to take the United States to war with Iran, just what legal justifications are members of the administration using in trying to circumvent Congress? Look no further than the 2001 authorization of the use of force after 9-11. And if that decades-old AUMF is such a slam dunk, why are the arguments only being presented in private? Cato's Gene Healy comments. The administration apparently thinks that they have the authority already to go to war with Iran, and that's apparently based on this all-purpose resolution, the 2001 authorization for the use of military force, the law that Congress passed three days after 9-11, nearly 18 years ago, uh, that was designed to target the perpetrators of 9-11 and those who harbored or aided them. Uh, Now, nearly two decades later, uh, they seem to be contemplating that they already have authorization for war with Iran. Uh, We learned that last, they haven't quite said that uh, in so many words in public, but we we learned last week from several members of the House Armed Services Committee that Secretary of State Pompeo had given them a classified briefing at which Uh, There was a formal presentation on how the AUMF might authorize war with Iran today. Uh, This has been a bit more than Pompeo has been willing to say in public so far. Uh, There's an earlier hearing on the Senate side where in April where Senator Rand Paul asked the Secretary of State if he thought the 2001 AUMF covered war with Iran and Pompeo said, Well, I'd prefer to just leave that to the lawyers, which is kind of funny when you realize that Pompeo graduated from Harvard Law School. Uh, But in private, apparently, uh, he has told members of Congress that this law uh, that's been uh, rightly described as a something that's been turned into a blank check for uh, war without end. Uh, the 2001 UMF, AUMF, Pompeo's theory is that uh, this blank check is uh, broad enough to to cover war with Iran now. What does the 2001 AUMF, which has been invoked many times, uh, what does it actually entitle the president to do? All right. Well, the, well, the relevant part is one sentence. Uh, the president is authorized to use all, use all necessary and appropriate force against those nations, organizations, or persons. He determines planned, authorized, committed, or aided the terrorist attacks that occurred on September 11, 2001, or harbored such organizations or persons. Uh, pretty clearly, what was contemplated was going after the perpetrators of 9-11 and anybody that helped them carry out 9-11. And judging by what they said at the time, the people who passed it didn't think that they were handing over congressional war powers to the executive branch in perpetuity. Uh, they repeatedly stressed that it was limited to groups that had helped carry out the 9-11 attacks. Uh, it's true that that single sentence has given rise to a uh, nearly 20 years of uh, globe-spanning war, the tens of thousands of airstrikes in seven or eight countries a year. But at the time, you know, people like then-Senator Joe Biden were saying, you know, this authorization, Biden said, is nothing like the Gulf of Tonkin 
resolution that underwrote the Vietnam War. It doesn't say you can do anything or go anytime, anyplace. Uh, but here we are 18, nearly 18 years later, and there's this Gulf of Oman incident, and the administration apparently thinks uh, it's already, it doesn't need to go back to Congress to talk about military, the use of military force because Congress uh, half a generation ago already made the decision to go, with, go to war with Iran. It's odd that uh, the Secretary of State would provide a uh, classified briefing on how this particular resolution might be used to justify war with Iran if he if he and that the the idea that this is not a discussion that is taking place uh, in public uh, right the the legal authority there's no more important decision that a constitutional democracy can make than, the decision between war and peace, and the legal justifications, the legal theories for that ought to be things that are debated in public. This ought to be a decision that is made not by one man, but by 535 men and women. And, uh, you know, the notion that uh, that decision was made uh, 18 years ago, uh, and it's one Congress, one vote, one time is not something that I think we should tolerate. So um, Congress obviously has a role to play here, not just in determining whether or not uh, the United States ought to be ought to go to war, but also in what to do with this, you know, almost two decades old resolution. Uh, what are some of the thoughts of individual members of Congress on what to do in order to claw back some of this power? Well, there have been a number of proposals that that have been introduced. There's a, a debate going on right now for this uh, $750 billion defense authorization bill uh, with all the talk of war with Iran. A number of members have uh, tried to attach various amendments to, to that authorization bill. Uh, one idea is an amendment that restricts funding for military action against Iran w w without congressional authorization. Uh, uh, Senator Tim Kaine and, and Tom Udall have proposed something along those lines. Uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who was the only member of Congress to vote against the 2001 AUMF ha has an amendment that uh, very cleanly would repeal the the 2001 AUMF. It's about time, uh, she thinks, and uh, you know, with all the mischief that this single resolution has been uh, responsible for, in, including what's being contemplated now, that it's time to uh, stop payment on that blank check. Uh, Another idea that uh, uh, I think has some promise is uh, there's a variation of this introduced by a congressman, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, uh, is to pass a sense of the House resolution that is sort of a preemptive strike, the, a, a resolution that uh, that describes unauthorized war. Uh, that says outright that unauthorized war is a by the president is an impeachable offense, uh, sort of a shot across the bow that would, uh, you know, it 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 doesn't immediately have the effect of law, but it's sort of a pre-commitment device uh, where you get uh, 
members of the house to to lay to to draw a line in the sand and say that uh, if the administration is willing to go to war without a specific authorization from Congress, that uh, it's the sense of the House that this is an impeachable high crime and misdemeanor uh, that justifies uh, the ultimate constitutional remedy. Uh, any of these, I think, have merit, uh, it, but it is clear that uh, it is really on Congress at this point to stop this rush to war and to to get the administration to climb down because uh, this is not the a decision of this magnitude being made entirely by one man uh, in the executive branch, uh, you know, on secret legal theories. Uh, this is just not the way a constitutional republic is supposed to go to war. Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute and author of The Cult of the Presidency. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.